Welcome to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast, a show dedicated to the storytelling that happens or should happen when practitioners purchase technology. Each episode is designed to inspire new ways and ideas to make your business better as we speak with the brightest minds in recruitment and HR tech. That's what we do. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you are listening to the Use Case Podcast. Today, we have Sharon on from Distant Job. We're going to be talking a little bit about uh, his business, and we're going to be talking about the use case for Distant Job. So, Sharon, do us a favor and introduce both yourself, but also introduce Distant Job. Well, first of all, thank you, William. What a pleasure to be on the show. Uh, My name is Sharon Koifman. I run a very unique recruitment agency that specializes in remote employees. I actually been working in the remote field for for about 18, maybe even 20 years by now, where I've been managing companies from all over, from uh, managing company all from my computer with people all over the world, with products all over the world. And at this moment, the, the company that I'm running for the past 12 years is focused on going to the world and finding the talents that would do that for you. So it's strictly anywhere in the world from taking advantage of the massive pool of talent, of great people that are out there and they work remotely for your company. But those are full-time, permanent, career-driven individuals. Perfect, I love the setup. So how did you get into this? How did you start this job? So I started, I used to own a web hosting and outsourcing company where I had two offices in India and a bunch of employees there. And um, it was called Empire Host. And and I was providing the usual design, sometimes even building software for individuals. And it it made great sense when a real estate company would come in and say, hey, Sharon, build me a web design. You seem pretty affordable solution. And I would go about doing that. But Every once in a while, I would, I would get a software company, a company that their core skills were to build that type of product. And they would outsource to me because it was cheaper, because uh, I was very good with the world of India. Back then, outsourcing literally meant India. And to, uh, 15 years ago, India were the pioneers in that industry. And... And I realized very quickly that they're outsourcing not because it's to their benefit. It's almost a business sin. They're giving their the, the sole product to somebody else because it's cheap. And I realized all they really want is to find amazing people that are affordable. They, they don't need that management operation. They would do it much better. And when I sold the, the web hosting and outsourcing company, I started distant job based on that, and I focused on just finding amazing talent that work directly for the client. And that, in my opinion, is a far better solution for that offshore model that that we're that that today is pretty known for everyone. I love that. And companies that you work with, what's just let's let's talk a little bit about your clients. Um, what what type of industries are is distant job kind of helping? What type of job classes, geographies? Let's get into kind of how and where you help people. So the the majority of my clients are small to medium size technology companies. Usually range between um, 
3 million to 50 million, or I would say from 10 employees to about to about 100 employees. Those are the two usual companies that we target. They're technology companies or they have a substantial technology department. Seems like um, any company today, we used to work with Warner, the big ladder company, the biggest ladder company in the world. And But really we were working with their e-commerce department. So anybody who is building a digital product, we are the solution for them. I love that. I love that. Who do you, who do you, uh, I mean, as you've studied the market, who do you compare yourself to or, or who do your customers and prospects, who do they compare you to? So it's very hard because we're the first, I should have mentioned in the beginning, we're the first uh, remote recruitment agency in the world. There is a lot of companies that provide freelancers and their marketplaces like Upwork or Fiverr. And there's plenty of recruitment agencies out there that slowly, because of COVID, are transferring into the remote world. And that's usually where our clients compare us and ask, how are we doing compared to those type of companies? But I don't know too many companies or big branded company that is really a specialist remote recruitment agency like us. We're the first, and I like to think maybe I could be delusional or maybe not as humble, but I think we're the best. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I love it. How do you, um, I normally ask this towards the end of the show, but it's probably pertinent uh, towards the beginning. How do you, um, when I ask pricing, I don't want to know the dollars and cents. It's more of the philosophy. How do you work with clients? Um, it is somewhat straightforward, um, like a local recruitment agency. We we get um, we we get the job description. If you don't have a job description, we work with you to make a job description. But here's where we take it to the next level. When when we get some of the information about what the client needs, we still sit there and find out about the client's culture, the client's processes, what makes it exciting. Because we are selling to the candidates as much as we're selling to the client. So we really want to learn the intricates of what makes our client's company work and what makes it exciting. And we turn our, the job description into almost piece of art. We, we're really excited about making our job description funny and enticing that people say, mm, I want to work for that company. And then after that, we go and we solicit individuals, usually in established companies across the world, which is a huge differentiator from those marketplaces where it's passive people trying to get a job. Here we solicit the best and the smartest, and then we entice them with the concept that they get to work at home. And a lot of people in the tech industry, I, I, I would say a lot of nerds are in love with the idea of working from home. They don't have this need for the social experience that comes to the office. You give them the same pay, the same experience, and they don't need to be stuck in traffic for two hours, they will take it. So we, 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 get, so we get a lot of results um, doing that. And after that, we take it to the next level by providing an impeccable HR service. Not only we make sure that we take care of uh, we take care of the salaries on time, making sure that people uh, get 
paid well, and we, all, we, we remind the clients about vacations, about national holidays, about raises, about bonuses. We pay attention to the mental health of the individual. We also let the client know about the working condition that they are. Now with COVID, we tell them how their countries are, are doing in relation to COVID, so, which will, could possibly affect the mental health of their employee. So we go above and beyond also, not just finding amazing people, but making sure that they stay around feeling motivated and excited about working for the company. So uh, two, two questions. One's going to be around onboarding, but the other is, is when clients start with distant job, where do they generally, what's the, what's the start off place? Where, where do they start working with you and fix that and then move into other services that you have? So they start the the beginning is the recruitment process, mm-hmm. and and nothing we we don't get into the HR of course until they give us the job description. We send them a CV um, with full description about the qualification of the individual and our full evaluation. The client goes, I want this person, and that person, and this person. I want to interview, and it's a back and forth until they decide this is the right person, and only then. We start, we start charging the client. I love that. Okay. So uh, your clients have asked you, I'm sure, about onboarding, especially as it relates to remote work uh, and, and, and things like that. So how do you, how do you uh, uh, consult with them or what, what is your advice to them about onboarding remote employees? So, so the advice is a big thing. Look, I don't know if you know, Willem, I'm also a bestseller writer. Uh, where it comes to to remote management, so so I did write an entire book about it. But I sit with my clients, and if they are not experts in remote management, I sit and I teach them, and I, I all for free, all part of the service to make sure because if they are good remote man- managers, means that there's going to be a lot more business. If they hate the experience, it's a lose lose situation. So the first advice, I mean, there's it's we don't have enough time for all the advice in the world, right? Because this is at least I need to service somebody for an hour. But the first thing that I ask the client to think about is what is their processes? What do they like in their office experience? What is that that they that that they do that makes them that makes them feel like they're in control and their culture is good and the operation? So for example, if somebody says, I like to um, visit each one of my employee every week and look at their work and chat with them and motivate them and inspire them. I take away the fear when they when you go to remote and tell them you can do exactly the same thing. Don't change it. This works for you. There's a lot of things in the office that don't work. There's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of uh, bureaucracy. There's a lot of uh, uh, politics. But the things that you like, if you're the type of manager that goes around and inspires and motivates and trains and fixes things um, with every individual once a week or once a day, you need to keep on doing this. And you need to turn on your Zoom. You need to um, make sure that it's face-to-face. You can't do it by phone, and, but you visit every person on, uh, every person in your team through Zoom and do the same experience. It's really not a big difference. I love this. At the end of the day, you want to replicate your positive experiences in the office right. into the remote experience. 
Yeah. And, and what I've also learned from other experts like yourself is you want, you want to set them up for success as you would in the office, uh, the headquarters. You want to make sure that if they're home base, you want to make sure that you set them up for success there as well. Absolutely. They're, like the, First of all, the, the, the science, the research have shown that people that work remote are more productive. They're happier. They're more independent. There is no reason to fear remote beside that it's completely, beside that it's new. People have been working in the office. They associate office with productivity with a nine to five. They've been doing this for 100, for 100 years, for at least one and a half centuries. Right. And now you tell them, no, you can get the, you can achieve everything at home. Just use proper technology and you can replicate the positive things. But it's the, the biggest obstacle is the fear is that this is not something that I'm used to because the science shows that people, rem- the remote work workers are more productive. I love this. So because you're an expert, I got to ask you a couple of just basic Please. things. What do we get wrong with remote management? What's on the top three things that we just need to fix immediately and we can get into the, some of the deeper stuff in, in, in next calls and, and next podcasts. But what, what are just your basic advice for people that are scared or they've just never done it? Uh, even though we've been through COVID, maybe they've just done it at gunpoint and not done it well. What are the three things that you usually advise people so the first one is actually what I just talked about is that you got to remove the fear. You got mm. you can, cannot come to this feeling like you like you said a, a, a gunshot uh, reality that you must do this. You you need to come into this thinking that hey, I can make my company better. I I there's there's just too many times where I that I sell my service to to uh, some CEO and he's excited. Wow, this is great and everything. And then he delegates it to the CTO and the CTO is dreading the experience. And this is a guaranteed failure because he feels that this doesn't make sense. At the end of the day, again, what you need to do is just implement few technologies and try to think, what is it that I like in my office, uh, office work? And you absolutely need to insist to replicate it with the remote and everything is replicable. So the second advice, there is actually one thing that is not replicable and that is the hanging out and hanging out in the, at the water cooler or the mental health people, people kind of get to disappear to, to, as I call remote La La Land. If there's not a manager that is actually paying attention to the well-being of the people. So this is, the, in my opinion, the only difference between a office management and a remote management. And, it, and in theory, all great managers in an office would be amazing at remote, but there's just too many, too many um, managers that got away not being so great. And here they're pushed to their, pushed to their limits and they have to perform. And one of the things that they don't do the, the weaker managers is actually taking care of the mental health, getting intimate with the employees, get to know, build that culture, build that connection. And at remote, you have to do it. You cannot have this out of sight, out of mind. You need to be proactive and check in your employees on a personal level and on a business level. 
I love everything. And again, we could spend an hour just talking about this. Yes. Uh, and and I, loved your, I loved your note earlier um, about commutes, because I think people will rethink, not just in the big cities, but just they're going to rethink commutes uh, in terms of their jobs and the jobs in the future. It's, you know, especially like in places like the San Francisco or LA or New York, where commutes are an hour, hour and a half, you know, one way that that's, that's, uh, that's a bit, much now that they've worked remotely for a year and a half i think i think it's going to be really the big rethink uh is is kind of going to be coming for a lot of candidates but also companies you know i equally hear the companies are giving up their headquarter space or mm-hmm. not renewing their lease um so so on on both sides i hear kind of both that so i think we're we're, we're all kind of rethinking that um so with distant job so the clients that you have right now um, again, you've, you've explained kind of the process of both starting them and then where you'd like to you take all your clients. What, what do you think, and we won't go out flying cars wise, but, but what's the next 18 months uh, for the future of distant job? What does that look like for you? It's already been happening. <laughs> ah. The future started, the future started when, when people start getting remote a little bit better. I mean, one of our biggest obstacles has always been that people are just so afraid of the remote concept. And you were mentioning San Francisco. Mm-hmm. San Francisco is by far our most challenging region because they invested two decades or even more to get people to Silicon Valley to say that if you want investment and if you want great jobs and if you mm-hmm. want uh, anything in, to do with technology, you must come to us. And even when I talk to uh, people in Silicon Valley about remote employees, they want those remote employees to work 10 minutes away from them so they can get them to the office anytime that they want. It is without a doubt the most challenging culture i don't i don't even bother right with california <laughs> it's like my salespeople know you know we, we like the east coast because of it no disrespect to the west coast but the west coast are they have a lot of a a lot of evolution to do in this concept uh but but getting to but getting to understand remote is a major obstacle and a major evolution in everything that we everything that uh, we've been doing till now. I mean, I mean, that was the biggest challenge. The challenge for me is not to find amazing candidates. That's what we do. Incredible. It was actually convincing the client, hey, you should and you can get amazing people that working in a distributor. Because until, until then, everybody was thinking freelancers, non-committed employees, outsourcers. They were not being thinking about career-driven, fully focused, fully integrated people because for them, it means that they need to come to the office. So this is this is what's changing in the future. I think yeah. people are finally starting to get it. It's very good for my business. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're they're also facing an exodus in California. A lot of people are moving both in LA, Southern California, and Northern California. They're moving inward a little bit, not all the way yes. to the East Coast, but they're moving to Denver and Salt Lake, uh, and even Austin. They're moving inward a little bit, which is creating you know kind of an interesting i don't think i don't think land prices are going to go down in california anytime soon but it is never. creating kind of a, yeah never exactly they'll probably raise yeah. um but but it it is creating kind of an interesting dynamic uh in terms of these other cities that you know become are becoming more of a metropolis with it with this type of talent um i know during pre-show we talked 
about distant job being, you know, a services play. And that's really, you know, the core is obviously what you care about. But, but you also interact with a lot of tech. Um, yes. And nonstop, right? So, so are the, if, if being a services play makes you a little bit, um, you, can, you can be objective about the technologies that your, your clients use. Yes. Um, do you do you find yourself making recommendations like you found something that really really works and 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 do you find yourself making or do the, your, your clients ask you for recommendations around technology? Not really. Right. So we have. So to be honest, I'm already rusty. I was a techie. I'm an engineer, but I no longer deal with that. But we have some brilliant techies in the company that still sometimes give an advice. But I really, really believe that the best, the, the, the best ideas and the best management and the best strategy has to come from the company itself, from my clients. I need to cater to their needs. I need them to work. I, I, need, the, I need them to work by their system. And my job is to educate them and teach them how to replicate this in a remote environment. This, I love this that. Is, I, I don't, I don't, a lot of, a lot of the remote people, when you go to the remote conferences and some of my colleagues are talking about the big change. I don't believe in it. I believe right. that these people have built beautiful companies. They have created certain amazing culture, amazing processes that turn them into the massive beast that they are. Right. I mean, you can leave a few, few things behind, but my job is to replicate that experience in remote, which I believe it's so easy. With a, just just a few smart technologies. That is wonderful. Okay, last question. What else should the audience know about Distant Job that we haven't already kind of talked through? Uh, what else we should know? I already, I think, I think the most important aspect and the, and the biggest and the biggest differentiator when you talk to a remote recruitment agency um, instead of an outsourcing company or marketplace mm-hmm. is that this are people that want a real job. These are people that, that joined, joined because they're excited to work for you as a client. If you, going, if you coming into the distant job experience and you're thinking this is just going to be another number on the wall, right? It's just going to be a, just another individual another individual that I'm outsourcing or maybe I use them temporarily, you're going to fail at our solution because these people need more from you. They need to have a real employment experience. So you better be equipped. My friend, this is wonderful. Thank you so much. And now that I know that you're a remote management expert, I am going to tap that uh, because uh, I get questions all the time and you you would be perfect to talk to folks. I um, would be happy to answer any question. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for your time. And thanks for coming on the Use Case Podcast. William, that was a lot of fun. Thank you. All right. And thanks to everyone that listens to the Use Case Podcast. And until next time. You've been listening to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform and hit us up at recruitingdaily.com.